Hello, church family. Thank you for joining us for another message from Res Life Holland. We hope this sermon encourages you in your walk with Jesus and empowers you to live the life God has for you. Now sit back and enjoy today's message. All right. Well, to all of you mothers, I want to say that we appreciate you. We're so glad that you're here. Um, I do have um, some special guests here who also are, are somewhat superstars in the mother department. Um, we have missionaries here from Guatemala. This is, and if you could stand and just um, turn for everybody, this is Michael and Chrissy Shedd. Um, they have been missionaries to Guatemala for 10 years. Um, they have six kids and one on the way, is that correct? Um, so, also doing great in the mother department. Congratulations to you two. I, I do want to say... Um, they're here today, it's Mother's Day, but if you guys are interested in learning more about their mission or anything, um, he will be there, or they will be there, there's a table there, they'll have a few things that you can grab if you want to ask them questions, if you have an interest in missions, um, I'd like to make that um, announcement to you so you can go find them after service. Um, you may have already guessed the topic for today. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, mothers, and it's important for us um, to view motherhood, um, and I, I, I think it's a healthy perspective when we look at motherhood like a ministry. Women um, who are called, mothers are called to be uh, in this ministry. My mother had to put up with all kinds of stuff. I got to thinking about what it was like growing up with us kids. I remember coming home with like three or four snakes in my hands and being like running into the house and being like, Mom, look what I found. And, you know, and, and she would be, you know, act excited, even though I'm sure she was nervous that one was going to escape in the house. Um, I remember just some of the different things growing up and, and, and we were outside all the time and, and climbing trees and, and jumping from one tree to the next, be like, Mom, come and look. And just the things that they had to put up with. Um, the Bible says this. It says in Exodus 20, 12, it says, Honor your father and mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord has given, your God has given you. Now, that verse is part of the Ten Commandments. We think about... Uh, you know, you shall not kill, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind. We, we think about that, but how often do we really go back and recognize that honoring our parents, honoring our mother is literally one of the Ten Commandments. Ephesians chapter 6 restates the same thing. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and you may live long on the earth. It says this, is, this commandment isn't just for mother's benefit. It's not just so that mom can be honored. But the Bible says this is a win-win proposition. When you honor your mother, God promises to reward you with extended life. And what, why does he want mothers to be honored? 
because it meets a need that he put there. There's an interesting uh, verse in Mark, Mark chapter 7, verses 8 through 12. There's an interesting story. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and he says this. He says, for laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups and many other things, such you do. So he's talking to the Pharisees. Now, I want to paint the picture if you're not familiar with, with exactly who the Pharisees and what were and what they were like. These were the religious elite. These were the people who dotted all of their I's, crossed all of their T's. These are the people who never missed a church service. These are the people who tithed down to splitting the number of seeds that had come off of their plants. These are the people who followed every rule in order to apparently be in good with God. And Jesus is talking to them, and he says, hey, you're doing all of these things, all these different ritualistic things just to be right. And he said, but you reject the commandment of God to keep your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and mother. He who curses father or mother, let them be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is Corbin, which is a gift to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his mother or mother, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. Let me explain this. He looks to those uh, hypocrites, <laughs> and he says, you do all of these things to look like you're doing right, and then you dishonor parents. You dishonor the mothers. How do you do this? You, you yourselves practice and you tell others, hey, I know you're supposed to honor your parents, but if instead of honoring them, and, and one of the ways that they would honor their parents is that they would provide for them in their old age. They would pay, they would give them money, they would, they would support their parents. They're like, okay, you supported me when I was a kid, now I'm going to support you. And that was, that was the, the way that their society took care of the elderly. And he says, you have told people that if instead of supporting your parents, you, and the word was Corbin, you give that money to the church, then you don't have to do anything. And he said, so in the name of supporting the church, you're dishonoring your parents. And he calls them out as absolute hypocrites. Because they had said, well, if I'm, as long as I'm doing something good, I can do this good thing instead of honoring my parents. And Jesus says, no way. Now, most of us, thankfully, I have, I have never said that. I've never said, oh, don't, don't help your parents, just give it to the church. <laughs> But you know what we do? Some of us have found other excuses for why mm, we don't need to honor our mother. Others, Jesus, Jesus tells the Pharisees, even if your excuse sounds good, even if you think, you know what, I'm supporting the church, I'm giving all of this money to charity, I'm doing all of this stuff. He says, if, if the cost is dishonoring your parents, dishonoring your mother, you're wrong. You, he says... You're laying aside the commandment of God. This isn't acceptable. This is wrong. Now, there was a psychologist by the name of Dobson who did a study. And 
was studying women in America, and she stated that 10% of mothers are depressed yearly. Not over time, 10% of mothers will, will experience depression, but in her study, she discovered that 10% of mothers in a given year were experiencing depression. I honestly believe that one of the reasons for this is because we as a culture do not honor mothers the way they are designed by God to be honored. We are to, dis to honor mothers. This, is, this results in that frustration and that low self-esteem and the things that, that contribute to uh, depression. The greatest thing, the greatest gift that you and I can give the mothers in our life would be a sense of importance and significance, to honor them. How do we go about doing that? Number one is the gift of acceptance, the gift of acceptance. You realize many people have pointed this out. Well, you didn't choose your parents. Guess what? They didn't choose you either. You didn't choose them, and that's why it's important to accept them anyway. The Bible says in Romans 5, verse 8, it says, But God demonstrates his own love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus shows us and sets the bar. He says, I loved you not because of, but in spite of. I accept you not because you reached a certain bar, but I accept you, period. It is important that we accept, that we do not stand back, that we do not use shortcomings as an excuse like the Pharisees did. Oh, I have an excuse. I don't have to honor. Yes, you do. Your mother, as just because of the position she has in your life, because of the calling God put on her, is deserving of your honor. And I would say this, that acceptance in spite of shortcomings is the most powerful acceptance there is. You see, it's, it's not nearly as meaningful when your child says, I love and appreciate you, you know, after getting a pile of Christmas gifts or after getting a pile of birthday gifts. But when you've had a bad day, when something went, and, and your kids communicate their acceptance of you even though they didn't just get a gift. How many of you mothers would say you really appreciate that? Yeah. We are called to accept in spite of shortcomings. Our, our failings, every, everyone as a person longs for that. That is the way that God loves us, and it is what he has called us to do and how to love others. Today we're talking about mothers, but all of us desire this because this is what true love looks like. That's what godly love looks like. When, when I was dating Emily, and I was looking for an illustration, something that would demonstrate that desire that we have for, for acceptance that is not conditional. And when I was dating Emily, um, I wrote her this poem. And I think it speaks to that 
issue, said this, you might think it strange, but I hope you see me weak. But it is not because rejection is what I seek. The truth is rejection is perhaps what I fear most, yet of acceptance of a mask, I do not wish to boast. The closer I invite you, the more that you might see the less than perfect parts that are a part of me. Nobody is perfect. I know that quite full well. Yet we often hide our flaws and think no one can tell. That's not my desire for my closest friend. I want for you to know me from beginning to the end. I am flawed, I promise. I trust that you are too. We are both flawed people. What are we to do? Risking the exposure of a maskless face is to me worth the chance you look on me with grace. I want to keep my mask off whenever I'm with you so that if you love me, I'll know that love is true. I've resolved to take the risk. I am an open book. Every page is unlocked for you to take a look. True acceptance is a gift. I hope I can grant you, but I can only accept what you let me view. Everyone longs to be accepted. Mothers naturally express, give that acceptance to their kids. How many of you have seen mothers put up with stuff and you're just like, how do they do that? It's because they're loving the way God loves us. They're loving unconditionally. They're accepting, not, not, not approving, but accepting no matter what. That is the same love that we are called to give our mothers. Those of you whose parents may have done something obviously wrong, and that may, that may be most of us. It doesn't mean we quit honoring. To honor someone does not mean to describe them as perfect. It means to accept them and recognize they're flawed and you're flawed. Just like you desire to be loved and accepted, even though you have mistakes, you have flaws. Your mother above anyone else deserves that acceptance from you. To accept her, to love her, does not mean to say that she was perfect. It doesn't mean that you agree with everything she does or did. But what it means is that you choose not to reject her over her flaws. God doesn't make mistakes, and he assigned her as your mother. He assigned her as your mother. He chose her. The Bible says that God can turn even bad situations and bring good from it. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. I want to say this. Acceptance almost always involves forgiveness. Acceptance almost always involves forgiveness. And a successful relationship with another human being requires it. God exemplified forgiveness to us because he knew we would need it. And we would need an example of how to give it to others. So many people choose the path of resentment. There are so many relationships, mother-child relationships that are strained because one or both parties have said, I'm not willing to forgive. Remember, forgiveness does not say it was okay. Forgiveness just says, I'm going to stop seeking retribution. I'm going to stop expecting payment, and I am going to 
accept that you, you, sadly, if we choose not to forgive, we doom ourselves. Psychology has shown us now that we become like those we don't forgive. It is, the world is, is filled with examples of children who so hated the behavior of their parents, their parents' temper, their parents' issues with alcohol, their parents' uh, abusive behaviors, and in their hatred, they become that which they hated. Because by, by choosing unforgiveness, they link themselves to it. It's not just for the benefit of your mother or your father that, that, that Scripture encourages us to forgive them. The forgiveness also benefits us. Don't let that past become your present. We choose our reaction, not necessarily what happens to us. And, and one of the, the signs of maturity is the ability to accept responsibility for our reactions. Not saying, well, they did that so I can react any way I please. If that was wrong, then my wrong reactions are excused. No. And obviously, it's easier to take responsibility for your reaction when they're taking responsibility for their action. That's ideal. And a lot of us hold back. And they're like, sure, I'll take responsibility for my reaction when they... And then you have these, like, decade-long waiting matches where they're waiting. They're going to have to call first. I'm, they're going to have to call first. No, they're going to have to call first. I want to encourage you. If that's you, if you're in one of those waiting matches, I challenge you to step up and make the call. Be responsible for your reaction. And let me just tell you, that is a very healthy place to be when you can look back and say you know what i have done everything within my power to be right the bible says as much as it depends on you live at peace with everyone we recognize you know what you may make the call and they may not answer you know what leave a pleasant voicemail call again on another special occasion try again we must choose to forgive we totally accept so have you accepted your parents Again, that's not saying, oh, everything they did was right, but saying, I'm going to accept them in spite of any mistakes they had. Have you forgiven? And have you recognized that when it's all said and done, God gave you those parents? And he had a plan and a reason that that was going to be. So, gift number one, acceptance. Gift number two, for all the mothers out there, is the gift of appreciation. See, acceptance says, I accept you in spite of failures, weaknesses, etc. Unconditionally, you're accepted. But appreciation goes another step. Appreciation says, I will appreciate the good things you do. I will seek out and find the good things that you have done. Just, just for a moment, think of how much easier your mother's life would be without you. I mean, easy. You know those little, like, I, I wish I would have grabbed the image. There's the, the little images you stick on the back of your car, and it's like the parents, you know, the two parents, and then the bunch of little kids. I saw one. It was the two parents and a pile of cash. <laughs> like, they got no kids. Like, we got cash, not kids. It's like, that is funny. 
But when we think about it, even, even a parent who didn't compare to your other friend's parents, you know, you look and say, well, my parents weren't as awesome as that. Look, they still made sacrifices, a lot of sacrifices. You know, and a lot of times we compare what our parents did to, you know, that ideal, to, to a television show, to, to something. One healthy thought sometimes is compare your, what your parents did for you to what they experienced. Oftentimes, so often, I look and I'm talking to people and I realize, you know what? They have come way beyond what they experienced. The things that they have provided for you may not, you know, you may not have a, a, your own phone in seventh grade, but neither did they. You know, they have provided, many cases, so much more than what they were given. They have sacrificed. And even, even if that doesn't, you know, if you say, you know what, my grandparents were pretty awesome. Look and find the areas. I guarantee you that your parents, your mother, has, has made sacrifices for you. I guarantee it. Look for those areas. Recognize. You know, when you see that gray hair, recognize you might have put it there. What are some of the sacrifices we do? Do your parents really want, did your parents really want a minivan? Was that like their choice? I, I remember when my twins were born and I thought, great, I have a five-seater SUV and there's five of us. The baby seat wouldn't fit three side by side. We had to buy a minivan, even though we had the right number of seats. I was like, great, five kids, you know, three kids, two adults, five seats, keep the SUV. Nope, because the seats wouldn't fit. They make them too wide to put three in a row. There are sacrifices. The house that your parents lived in, the the cars that they drove, the vacations they took, the, the things that they didn't get for themselves, the spa treatments that they would have liked to have had, all sacrifices if we appreciate. Mark Twain said this. He said, I can go a full two weeks on one good compliment. It is, it is human nature to desire appreciation. It just is. It has been said that it is the deepest need in human nature to feel appreciated. When someone is irritable, cranky, they're not feeling appreciated. When we feel appreciated by someone, we'll bend over backwards for them. You know, those of us who are parents recognize, man, when, when our kids appreciate something, we want to do it again. And even when it's necessary, if they're unappreciative of it, you're kind of like, is there any way I could have not done that? And I was like, man, we did all of this and they don't, they don't care. They don't value it. We are, we are motivated by appreciation. Our mothers deserve our appreciation. Be generous with your praise. Now, this might feel awkward, but you can make it a part of your culture. We live in a society that praises criticism. How many of you have ever heard of a roast? You know what a roast is? You get somebody up, you get a bunch of people, and you just rip them apart. And we think that's funny. You can, 
you can go and find, you know, famous people lining up to get roasted. People, I don't think it's a thing to listen to people being appreciated and affirmed. Our society has chosen to elevate criticism over appreciation. And here's the thing. We inadvertently accept that as a norm. But you have a choice of what your culture is going to be. You may say, you know what, it feels a little bit weird to be overtly praising. You're probably right, it is going to feel weird. That's because we live in a culture that, that elevates criticism. Now, what are we going to do? Well, because it feels weird, I'm just not going to say it. I'll, I'll think it. You know, someone once said that, you know, hey, I married you. I told you I loved you when I married you. If anything changes, I'll let you know. You know, that doesn't work. We, we need to be verbalizing our appreciation, verbalizing our acceptance. And, and you have a choice to make that a part of your culture. I remember, I remember um, when I was younger and I had just gotten engaged and I was talking to a pastor and he gave me what I thought at the moment was like peculiar advice. But it's been decades now and of all the things he said, it's the only thing I still remember him saying. But he said to me, he said, as a young couple, you're starting your relationship, he said, choose what will be normal for your family, for you as a couple. And then he gave examples. He said, you know, choose whether you're going to have hold hands in public, kiss each morning, kiss when you go to work. Choose those things. Decide now what will be normal. Don't just leave it up to chance. And just like most of us, I had kind of expected that all of that would just happen on its own. And his advice kind of came as a surprise. I was like, you know, I thought he, there were so many things I thought he would give me advice about. But his advice was, choose the normal you want and then make that a habit. Like, we have the power to create culture and norm within our family. We may not be able to change all of society as we change our family. But you realize that as Many different families choose to change. That is how society will change. We, we, have, we have it backwards. We think that, you know what, when we, when we vote in the right politician, that is when everything's going to change. And when the right politician makes the right policy, then everything will suddenly be better. Baloney! Even if we get the very best politician possible. And that politician then passes the very best policy possible. That does not have anywhere near the power to change that, that comes when we as individuals choose to change the way, the normal, in the cultures in our home. I think I used this example once, but there's a tombstone of some, and, it, and it read something like this. It said, when I was young, I set out to change the world. Realizing that it was too great a task, I resolved to change my country. Realizing that, too, was beyond my reach, I resolved to change my city. Then, perhaps my family. Now on my deathbed, I realized that if I had changed myself, I would have changed my family. My family would have changed my city. My city would have perhaps affected my country, and I could have potentially only then changed the world. Choose. Choose what you want 
to be normal. If, if it feels weird to you to give compliments, don't just accept that as okay. You know what feels weird? Let's not. It feels weird because we've adopted a culture that tells us it's weird. Is that what we want? You have the power to, to decide to do that. My, I have had people tell me, they get together with, with, with like my parents and my brothers and sisters, and I've had people say, you know what? It, it's a little odd how, how often they compliment each other. And at first I thought, well, maybe it is. Maybe that is a weird thing. And then I got to thinking about it. I was like, you know, it is weird compared to culture, but I think it's a weird that I'm okay with. I, I want to see, you know, I want my kids to be complimented. I, I want them to grow up and, and, and speak positively about their spouses. I, I want my wife to know that she's appreciated, that I believe in her, that, that I appreciate this that she did or that that she did, that, you know, like, I want that. I'm trying to make sure that that is a part of our culture. Look for places to give praise and then do it while you can. You ever noticed how many compliments are out at every funeral? And, and, it's, and it's great, of course, we want to speak well of the dead. But sometimes I'm just like, did they hear any of this beforehand? And not to say, like in the psychology of suicide, many people contemplate suicide just because they are so drawn to the idea of just being appreciated on that day. Wow. Let's, let's not wait. Let's make appreciation a part of our culture. Tell her. Give the acceptance, give accept, the gift of acceptance, give the gift of appreciation, and then give the gift of affirmation. Proverbs 31 28 says, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. This is biblical. So many people, but today we're talking about mothers, so many people and mothers deal with self-doubt, feelings of inadequacy, of unworthiness, of feeling inadequate. The number one stated reason for depression is low self-esteem. Why? Well, there is an awesome responsibility in being a mother. You are entrusted with, with lives. And it's natural to, to, to look at that and say, you know what? I don't know if I can do it perfectly. Let me just say something. You don't have to be perfect. You do not have to be perfect. Don't, don't set that as the goal. But as, as kids, let's, let's not perpetuate that expectation in our, in our, in a, from our mothers or of our mothers. Mothers are unsung heroes in so many ways. And society has attacked the role of the mother. Society has attacked family. People say she's just a mother, just a housewife. Put down that role. Or I just want to encourage you, whether you are working full-time outside of the home, whether you have a bunch of little kids and you're working... We want you to know that you are appreciated. You are appreciated. Your role as mother has value. Your commitment to, to your children is valuable. Again, we get to choose the culture and the values that we have within our home. We don't immediately 
When we change, it doesn't immediately change the culture. The culture is still going to be there. You're going to feel that difference when you're valuing mothers beyond what the culture values. Do it anyway. Recognize that that is a worthy call. It is a ministry. It is a ministry that God has called mothers to, and he, he loves each and every one of them. The Bible says that comparing ourselves amongst ourselves is not wise. To you mothers out there, I want to release you from comparison. And I want to apologize as a kid for the times that we, that I or anyone else has, has implied that being a good mother was a game of comparison. We recognize that the problem with comparison is that there is always something else to compare yourself to. You know, we, we recognize that our society puts, puts models on the front of, of magazines and in the television shows and on the commercials and says, this is what you need to look like, this is what you need to do. But then when, when those models are interviewed, we find that instead of being happy with the fact that they are the standard that others are comparing themselves to, they're then comparing themselves to someone else and finding their own selves as being at fault. And, and, and they find that even those that we put up on the pedestal feel inadequate because they found someone else on another pedestal. And the cycle just goes and goes. The Bible says, in Proverbs 31, 30, it says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. She shall be praised. Nothing wrong with beauty, but the Bible says it's passing. What isn't passing is a woman who fears the Lord. And God says that, that this, that character lasts long beyond beauty. Proverbs 31, 30. Oh, I just read that. Sorry. God has given us uh, beauty that transcends our height, our stature, our hair color. A smile is always pretty. The beauty that's on the inside shows out. 1 Peter 3, 4 says, The incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. I want to encourage all of you that find that, that the mothers in your life, that this, I don't want to say this Mother's Day because we want this to continue, but be intentional about giving those three gifts, acceptance, appreciation, and affirmation. Jesus, when he was on the cross, literally nailed to the cross, he took time to take care of his mother. He looked down. He saw, the Bible says, he saw the disciple that he loved beside him. He said, behold, mother, behold your mother. And he, he assigned someone. Remember, in those days, it was the children who took care of the parents. And as he knew he was leaving, he assigned someone else. He honored his mother even as he was being crucified. I just want to take a moment, and can we just close by praying a blessing over all of the mothers. Would you guys be willing to do that? If you are a mother uh, of any sort, please, would you stand so we can honor you and pray for you? Everyone else, if you would extend your hands towards a mother or some mothers near you, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you 
for the gift that each and every one of these mothers are. Lord, we pray your uh, peace over them. I pray that they would recognize that they are accepted by you. Lord, I pray that we would grow in our ability to, to communicate acceptance to them. Lord, I pray that they would know that they are appreciated. I ask that you would send people into their lives from every which direction to demonstrate appreciation. I ask that they would know that. Lord, I ask that you would affirm them even by your spirit to their spirit, that their value comes from you, Lord, and that you have gifted them and called them to that station of mother, Lord. We just pray your blessing on them. I ask that you would grant them peace. Lord, I just pray for all the mothers who are lifting up children um, and, and have prayer requests, that they would come back to the Lord, that the struggles that they're going through, Lord. I just pray that you would grant them special faith in those situations, Lord. I just pray that you would bring the, the children that are lost, Lord. We, we ask that you would send laborers to them, Lord. We just thank you for the heart of every mother in this place. We pray prosperity. We pray peace. We pray joy over them. In Jesus' name, amen. 